Center Studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Hot is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. 5th Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. He's here recently about Carson Beck and just heading into spring practice, heading into the next football season. What was that about? I was about Carson Beck heading into spring practice and heading into the next football season. And, uh, (laughs) well, I mean, Carson talks about his challenges. You know, he he doesn't want to be complacent. You know, he knows he's the guy, whereas last year there was a – a competition for the position, obviously Brock Vandegrift now at Kentucky. Um, real uh, real good quarterback there. That's going to be real interesting to see what he does for the Wildcats. But, you know, I think Carson just dealing with his fame and his money and NIL deals, he's got a very high profile. Uh, there's going to be a lot of attention on him. Uh, he goes into next season kind of the co-Heisman favorite with Quinn Ewers of Texas. Uh, doesn't mean much now, but... Uh, I would imagine throughout the off season, um, when you've got that kind of spotlight on you and those kind of expectations, that you know that could have an effect. Did Carson Beck exceed your expectations this last year? No, he actually uh, disappointed uh, in the SEC championship game. I didn't think he played his best. I thought he got outplayed by Jalen Milrow with the season on the line, and um, you know that's disappointing. Um, but uh, you know. In, Players don't always play their best. I mean, we've seen a lot of great quarterbacks not be at their best in optimal, uh, you know, situations. And um, you know, Carson Carson didn't play his best game. Um, he played okay, uh, but Jalen Milrow outplayed him and made more plays for his team. Question from Georgia Dog wants to know if you, Griff, expect Jordan Hall, defensive lineman, and Jamal Jarrett to help the team this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're both second-year guys. Um, They're both highly-ranked guys. Guys like that usually develop really well at Georgia. Uh, they got a good history of developing defensive linemen. That was an area that really dropped off last year. You know, Georgia had ranked number one in the nation in run defense. I think it was 2018, 2019, 2020. They were second in 2021. 
They led the nation in 2022. Last year they were 18th. So that was part of what happened to Georgia football was the defensive line um, wasn't as dominant as it's been with you know, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and uh, Devontae Wyatt, all first-round picks. So kind of looking to see who's that next first-round pick. Do they have one? You know, Kirby said last spring he didn't think they had any train wreckers or havoc makers, and uh, it proved true. Sam Dog in Middle Georgia asked Griff if he caught the Diamond Dogs this past weekend and what his thoughts are. Yeah, saw a little bit of them. Um, you know, it's hard to really gauge when your competition level is UNC Asheville, but none of these teams really come out. Uh, you know, unlike softball, you know, the softball teams caught there. You know, Georgia softball played like three top 20 teams, like UCLA 19, Oklahoma State 7, uh, Let's see, I think they played a number five Florida State team. Yeah, softball gets right after it. Um, you know, the baseball team seems like uh, a large majority of them kind of beat up on weaker competition, you know, work out some of the wrinkles in their staff. Um, again, not all, but some. Um, but to answer the question, uh, look, they've got this guy named Charlie Condon that might be the best player in college baseball. Um, he was the national freshman of the year last year, and, just prolific size and ability, can play most everywhere on the diamond. Um, I think he's hitting about 630 through the first weekend. So Georgia's got a bona fide superstar college baseball player, and, you know, we'll find out if they've got the pitching. You know, the SEC is so good, Bill, in baseball. What have they won the last four or five College World Series that, you know, it's kind of like football. You know, you can be 10th or 11th in the country in recruiting, but only 6th or 7th in the SEC. It's kind of like that in baseball. You can be really, really good. Um, you know, you'd be ranked 18th in the nation and still be, you know, the 8th or ninth best team in the league. So uh, just a lot of competition. But Georgia, I think Georgia will, will be better this year. I think the pitching is going to be better with Wes Johnson. He was a pitching coach for LSU, and now he's new Georgia's, uh, or excuse me, Georgia's new baseball coach. So I do think there'll be some pickup there. Jim in Texarkana, Arkansas side, he said, wants to know if you think is Texas Georgia's top opponent in the league this year, their, their toughest opponent. Well, you know, I had someone else ask me um, the same question, and it created a lot of a lot of controversy because I said it was. and And part of the reason why, is because they return their quarterback, Quinn Ewers, and, and he's really good. And, you know, it, it starts there. Now, Alabama returns their quarterback, too, and Jalen Milrow, um, but we don't really know how that's going to work with Kalen DeBoer. You know, Kalen DeBoer's got a very small sample size uh, in Power 5 football. He's only had three years in Power 5 football. Think about that. He had two years at Washington and one year as the Indiana offensive coordinator. That's it. Other than that, it's uh, Fresno State and Sioux Falls. So I, I don't really know what Kalen DeBoer is without Michael Penix. He had Penix in Indiana, and he had Penix for two years at Washington. So I, I'm just I'm not exactly sure what to make of how well he'll coach and, and work with Milrow or how many people will stick around. Um, you know, he had a quarterback transfer from Washington that thought he'd be working with Ryan Grubb. Well, now the offensive line, you know, the offensive coordinator's gone. He had a freshman All-American center transfer from Washington. Uh, thinking he was going to be staying with his offensive line coach. Well, his offensive line coach went to the Seahawks. Um, you got a team full of Alabama guys that thought they were signing up for Nick Saban. You know, and now they're, they're getting a coach they'd never heard of before. So 
there's just a lot of questions there. And that's not to say that Alabama's not going to be really good. Of course there's going to be talent. and you know They're never going to be a pushover in Tuscaloosa. Well, I shouldn't say never, but highly unlikely they'll be a pushover in Tuscaloosa anytime soon. But Texas, you know, that's a, a trip Georgia hasn't made since the 1950s. It's a really tough ticket. Um, there's an F1 race that weekend, so hotels are at a premium. Flights are exorbitant. It's going to be a really difficult game for Georgia fans to travel to. They're not going to have their usual road support. It's going to be a new stadium. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a team that they haven't seen in a long time. Um, you know, it's interesting, uh, Bill. The last active head coach to beat Kirby Smart was uh, the Texas coach in 20. Not the current Texas coach, the current, but the former Texas coach, Tom Herman. He's at Florida Atlantic. So I'm going to say that another way. There are no active head coaches in college football that have beaten Kirby Smart since 2018. Why don't you think about that? They lost to Will Muschamp in 2019 at South Carolina and Ed Orgeron at LSU. In 2020, they lost to Dan Mullen and Nick Saban. In 2021, uh, they lost to Nick Saban. And in 2023, they lost to Nick Saban. No active coaches in college football have beaten Kirby Smart since 2018. Mike the Mad Dog, Noonan, Georgia, wants to know, Griff, can Kirby take his time hiring a receiver coach, or does he need to do it quickly? Well, I don't know why he would need to do it quickly, but there's got, there's already a lot of people that are interested. I mean, sure. it's, it's a staff that's been in place for a long time, and, and there's a lot of talent there. Um, so, you know, Kirby kind of works on Kirby time. We've said that before. He never feels it never feels like anything's rushed with him. He's very deliberate um, with everything that he does. If he makes a hire quickly, it's because he already knows who he wants to hire. If it takes time, then it's obviously something that he wants to play out or the guy that he wanted maybe uh, doesn't come available from another program. So um, I, I don't think anybody's worried about replacing a receivers coach at Georgia. Um, that's that's not a – you know, to me, I, I think Brian McClendon did a really good job developing the guys that were there. I know he made Ladd McConkey a lot better and Marcus Roseman, Jack Saint. Um, you know, but from a recruiting standpoint, uh, that has not been a highlight for Georgia. Uh, some people say it's systemic. Um, I don't know. I mean, I thought George Pickens was, was pretty special. Uh, they were able to land him, pull him away from Auburn on the final day and um, but they need to get an impact receiver, and they need to get him through the portal, and it's going to be really interesting to see, like I said, uh, how things play out this spring. I know Georgia's added a few guys. Um, you know, they have that Vanderbilt freshman they added onto the program. But they really haven't added any impact receivers like I thought they would, and I think that's something to stay tuned for. Is that the top priority in the April 15-day window? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I think the top priority is, is – um, solidifying that defensive line. I, I right. think Georgia's got to dominate up front again. You know, they're going to be relatively new in the secondary. You know, they lost uh, uh, cornerback, Kamari Lassner, probably a first-round pick. Um, you know, Javon Bullard, anywhere from a first- to third-round pick. That was their safety. Uh, so they lost a couple of pretty key pieces back there. Um, but nothing makes your secondary better than a strong defensive front. And, again, you know, you go back and look at how Michigan won the national title and they did it with a dominant defensive front. They were able to get pressure without blitzing. And, you know, that's really the winning edge right now in football. I mean, other than having a quarterback that can extend and make plays, 
you know, the real winning edge is to be able to get that pressure up front without bringing a blitz. Question came up earlier, Griff. We got about a minute on Benjamin Urichich, the Stanford tight end transfer. Yeah, I mean, solid addition. Obviously, Georgia likes that matchup. Um, they like putting two tight ends out there and, and testing the other team's personnel. It gives them a lot of flexibility to run or throw the ball. Um, I do think you're going to see an uptick in the Georgia run game with Trevor Etienne. Um, I think that was a really big get. That's probably the biggest get of the offseason for Georgia uh, was getting that Florida running back. High-skilled guy. Reminds me a little bit of DeAndre Swift in terms of his versatility. Um, so, yeah, you, you like having those two tight ends out there because it challenges teams to go big. Um, and then, of course, you know those tight ends are, can be matchup problems, and, and you can run the ball effectively or throw it. Uh, that's one thing Carson does really, really well. So, you know, you started the interview out asking me um, if if he exceeded my expectations. The reason he didn't is because I have really high expectations. Um, you know, I think this is a guy that could be an NFL starting quarterback someday, and, and I know how good he is when he's on his game. Um, he, you know, he can be virtually unbeatable. Um, you saw that against Ole Miss and Tennessee. Griff, we'll see you next week. Appreciate it. Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation. Yeah, Sam Dog was worried about that baseball question. Didn't know if that would go over well. Went over pretty well, I thought. Yeah, I think we passed the test on that one. That was a good one. All right. Gator Dave when we come back. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. They're still working this nasty crash down here in Brentwood on 65 southbound. Just before you get to Old Hickory Boulevard, it's crawling through South Nashville right now on 65 southbound. They're still trying to mop up that accident in Rutherford County. That's what we're looking at live here on 24 East at Walden Road. It's got it slow now here in Rutherford County on 24 East and West at Walden Road. Pretty heavy now on Vietnam Vets trying to get up to Conference Drive. Hey, Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring at all their locations. Order online at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hi, I'm Jeff Fisher. You know, you've probably heard by now that the Nashville Cats are coming back to Music City. Well, you are correct. They're coming back and they're coming in hot starting April 27th with the first of five home games at the historic Municipal Auditorium. There will be an additional game at FM Bank Arena in mid-May up in Clarksville, and that will be honoring our military. Single game tickets as well as season tickets are on sale now. For more information, come visit thenashvillecats.com. It seems like everywhere you look right now, someone is sick. This year, prepare your family for airborne invaders like bacteria, pollen, and yes, germs with Navage Nasal Care. Navage flushes ultra-pure, refreshing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. Navage sucks out viruses, dust, and other airborne particles, all the stuff that gets trapped in your nose making you miserable. Don't get caught empty-handed this winter. Get Navage, the drug-free solution that helps you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier. Even better, Navage is HSA, FSA eligible. So Navage is a great way to spend those funds before they expire. Don't wait a minute longer. Buy Navage today and you'll breathe easier knowing you're putting your funds to good use. 
Navage is available online at navage.com or Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. Package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. It's a Bill King Show. We are college football centric. That is the sun that warms our planet that we live on. Our planet actually isn't flat or round. It's an oblong steroid. And we are here to proselytize about it, edify it every day on this here radio show. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Nobody knows more about college football history than Bill King. Gator Dave. Gators break down the podcast on every platform out there. And if they add some new ones, he'll have Gators break down on those as well. First question, Dave, is from Joe and Boca. Now, let me preface this. Joe is a longtime Gator fan. He also might be, at least on my show, the most downtrodden non-believer out there. Now, again, that's a big fan base. And I like Joe. No, Joe's good people. He is just not happy with the football program. Here's his question. Ask Gator Dave, has there ever been a season where there's more ho-hum for the Gators? What do we have to be excited about? Beating Vandy? Uh... Bill, Florida doesn't even play Vandy this year. <laughs> Good for them. Last year. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Florida's a football school, Bill, so the interest is there. But I think as far as ho-hum and the angle he's coming from, there's not really – there's not a ton of excitement. Uh, go, coming off the two losing seasons – um, there, I think there's some excitement for the schedule just because of who you play, but not necessarily because you think you have a chance against those teams. Now, if Florida was Florida and Florida was right, um, I don't think we'd be looking at the schedule the same. We'd say it's tough and we'd say you know it's a challenge for Florida, but now you're saying it's a challenge for Billy Napier to save his job because of the schedule. Uh, and, and so instead of being excited about playing – that brutal November of Georgia and Texas and LSU and Florida State uh, and, and other, you know, opening up with Miami and UCF coming to town. And, you know, there's a lot, I won't say a lot more, but maybe a lot more than there should be of like just dread of looking at that schedule. And yeah, I think you, 
take a look at while it hasn't been the best build under Billy Napier, Bill, I can't remember a Florida coach who's had to face a schedule like this. Um, His first two years with with Utah and then getting that win over Utah uh, last year, playing so many, you know, uh, counting FSU, you know, conference championship uh, teams and teams that are fighting for a playoff spot in the SEC uh, and then do it again this year. Um, so it, it's been a tough draw for Billy Napier, Bill, but at, at the same time, I think if it was being built the right way, you'd see the progress. Maybe that progress comes in year three, uh, but you know, for a lot of people out there, I think apathy, uh, maybe ho-hum is probably the way a lot of the fan base is feeling, uh, mainly because of the last two years and a tough schedule coming up. Other than just winning games, what's the catalyst that would revive – the apathy for the football program? Bill, I think the very top one has to be improving the defense. You go back um, to Dan Mullen hanging on to Todd Grantham for too long, the defense falling off a cliff in 2020, and it just hasn't been the same since. Uh, Bill, I've said it on your podcast many a times, you – most of the time, you could always count on Florida having a good defense. With the athletes they've, they've been able to bring in uh, from the state and the way they've recruited on that side of the ball, uh, you know, besides 2007, the year where they lost so many seniors after that national championship team in 2006, you know, Florida had just had a defense you'd be able to rely on. You, know, you, you didn't worry uh, about the defense. You may be worried about how good they could be, but you didn't worry about maybe how bad they could be. And that's where we've seen – um, that side of the ball just and it hasn't improved in the transition from Dan Mullen to, to, to Billy Napier. And Patrick Tony was your defensive coordinator one year, and he only stays for a year. And you get Austin Armstrong and his first big job, and you know not a lot of improvement last year. So now you bring in a um, a veteran like Ron Roberts, who you hope can kind of resurrect this. You know, it's been two young defensive coordinators in Billy Napier's first two years, uh, and now you bring in the quote-unquote head coach of the defense. Maybe he can help unlock this defense uh, with a lot of guys who played in this system last year. So, Bill, besides record, and look, it, it, it will improve the record. I think, you know, the offense is kind of has this baseline that we've seen the last couple of years, while not excellent, will probably be, you know, okay to pretty good. Pair that with a much improved defense, and I think you you get a better record and you start getting some belief that Billy Napier can get this thing figured out. But it's just been because it's so awful on that side of the ball the first two years, Bill. I think priority number one besides record, is fixing that defense. Steven Daytona Beach wants to know if you have any thoughts after just one weekend of the baseball team's uh, performance. Uh, well, only one game for Florida, Bill. That's right. <laughs> they played Friday uh, and lost that game to St. John's. And, you know, not the best start, of course, not the start that you were, you know, probably hoping uh, that the baseball team would would start with coming into the, to, to the season. But it's – um. That's really all. 0-1, uh, you'd hope you'd have a chance to get rained out all weekend long. Uh, it, was just, it was just all if the racing fans out there. The Daytona 500 had to be raced yesterday because of the state of Florida just got drenched. Uh, so it, it was weird how it started, Bill. You had Kate Fisher coming. He, he was the pitcher. And Florida got down 7 nothing. But, I mean, it started quick. I mean, he was the uh, first at-bat was a ground out to shortstop. Then he struck out the next guy. So you had two outs. 
And then he hits the uh, next guy, and then it just kind of falls apart there. St. John's goes on to put two two runs in the first inning, and Florida finds himself down seven to nothing before you know they, they make a game of it late, Bill. So uh, only one game, um, not a, able to bounce back. They play again. They play North Florida, uh, you know, out, out of Jacksonville uh, today. Maybe see if they can get back on the winning side of things. So um, not not a lot to take away, Bill, besides just a, a bad start in one game. You know, maybe Florida comes comes back out and they would have won, won the series, and we kind of maybe overlooked the the first game. Uh, but right now, that's all we have to look at. Is the basketball team overall to date better than you thought they would be? I've been impressed. Uh yeah, Bill, I think I think so. And Bill, it's been about two years since they've been ranked, and they're, they're right. finally ranked again. Uh, coming in at twenty fourth. Uh, in, in the rankings right now, and you've had some young guys step up, especially this past week uh, with Thomas Hall against Georgia, uh, being able to put some late baskets uh, in, in late in, in a close game. That's 10 straight wins over Georgia. Uh, and, look, there was a whole lot of do you get rid of Mike White and who you're going to replace him with and you know, some mistake. And get, well, I mean, Todd Golden's 4-0 <laughs> against Mike White, Bill. Uh, and uh, it's just been a nice mixture. They've been able to get healthy, uh, yeah. and that, that kind of hurt them before the SEC play started a bit. But to be able to get healthy, they've been able to get some really good guard play, uh, and I think that's what's been kind of stemming. You know, that, that, that's why Florida's, I think, has turned the corner in, in the SEC after a so-so start in, in the SEC, Bill. Uh, but now, you know, 7-1 and one in their last eight games in the SEC. Big game versus Alabama. But Walter Clayton at guard, uh, Bill, I think, kind of has settled this team down um, uh, a bit. And it's, you know, they, they share the load. Uh, so I think it's been a nice coaching job uh, by, by Todd Golden so far. And, you know, we're playing Alabama coming up, Bill. I think, you know, two of the better teams in the uh, SEC, you know, along with Kentucky and Auburn, Florida, and Alabama, I think that's the way it's trending right now with the, with those four teams. I became a believer a couple of weeks ago when they went into Rupp Arena and beat Kentucky. Now, we know this Kentucky team has uber talent, right? And they sometimes don't play well, particularly defensively. But going in there winning, regardless, is historically not something you do. And they went in there in a high-scoring game and won that ball game. Yeah, Bill. And, you know, like you said, you know, Kentucky may not be, you know, at rough, the same Kentucky we've seen. But for Florida and for most SEC teams, that's just been a bugaboo. You know, something that's yeah. just hard to get over. Uh, you know, so taking, um, you know, their, their pieces and going and getting that win. And then, you know, unfortunately, they, they followed you know, their one loss in those last eight games. Right after that, they lost to Texas A&M. Uh, but that's, you know, they've been able to bounce back at a big win over Auburn as well. Um, and, and so it's just, um, They've been able to, to piece it together with the time they at the right time. I think they're getting better at the right time, uh, Bill. So it, it's probably, you know, they might be judged too harshly on a game against Alabama coming up, um, you know, especially coming up ranked uh, right now. And I think people are saying, can, can they string together one more big win? Uh, but um, I, yeah, it's, um, I would say a bit better. Um, I, I thought they would be better this year, Bill, because of who they brought in through the transfer portal. Uh, but being like I said, being able to pair that and lately with some freshmen stepping up, I think that uh, that's why you've seen Florida improve so much. Joe down in Fort Lauderdale wants to know, and this has come up, but but we will continue to ask the question, Dave. 
When the portal opens back up in April, what will be a target or two for them? What position? Well, first part is we'll have to have some transfers out of the program. Uh, right now, I think Florida's at 85, 86. You know, so they're at their limit. You can and you can do that, of course, in spring practice and stuff. You just got to be at that eighty-five limit when fall camp starts. So first of all, Florida's got to make room on their own roster uh, if they go add anyone uh, in, in the transfer portal. Uh, so I think that's something to look out for um, if, if if Florida will lose some roster spots. So maybe go get. Uh, I still think if you can go get another wide receiver, uh, I think that would be a big benefit for Florida. I still look along the offensive line and maybe the interior of the offensive line. Uh, they got you know two tackles, you know, Devin Manuel from Arkansas and Marcus Crenshaw-Dixon. They're from San Diego State. So they, they hit offensive line there at the tackle spot, but maybe can go get some more experience uh, in the interior. Um, and if they can go get a, probably another edge pass rusher, Bill, uh, I think those are the three spots I really look for, but they got to make room first. Uh, you know, so do you have some receivers for Florida who are going to go through this spring and not like where they're at? You know, some veteran wide receivers, Marcus Burt, Jaquavion Frazier's comes to mind, and they don't like where they're at. Maybe it opens a spot there for Florida. Uh, Bill, but there's just not many uh, right now. Florida's taking into the spring uh, that can really open up some spots on the roster. Basically, for our lifetime, it seems like the limit, the scholarship total limit has been 85. In this lawless environment, what would be done if a team says, you know what, we're going to go to 87? What are you going to do about it? (laughs) That's a good point. Seriously. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess you know the said, okay, well, you're just ineligible. Uh, but I, like you said, in in, yeah. in, in this world, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what that means anymore. I know. I, I've always, I'm wondering when the SEC and the Big Ten uh, wrestle more control away, which is exactly what's going on. I don't know what kind of priority the scholarship number is. It's somewhere in there in the top fifty, but that number might get tweaked. Well, that bill, and plus, you know, with NIL and all the money that comes from that, you know, I, I could see. I don't think it's gotten to this point yet for any rosters out there. But yeah. the you, you know, the preferred walk-on status and the, this player's getting more money from NIL, so it opens up a spot where you know he's the 86th, 87th guy on the roster. But technically, you know, if you were, were to rank that player, would be in the top. 30 of players on the roster. Uh, so I, I think there might be some creativity that way. You know, we, now we haven't really heard of teams really taking advantage of that or doing anything like that. But if there's a player you really want in this portal, is that a way that, that you can maybe fit them in on the roster? It is. I don't think there's any rule that says you got to be on scholarship to get NIL, right? So you could go say, right. we don't have scholarships. We'll pay you so much, it's not going to matter. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Uh, it's just a, another angle to all this, and that, and that has been discussed before. Uh, uh, but yeah. You, yeah, but we in what the last two years where transfer portal and NIL have become such a factor, I don't think we've heard of a team kind of stacking their roster that way just yet. Maybe a minute, probably not fair to ask you this with the limit in time. But are Florida fans very vocal when it comes to the topic of Florida State? wrestling to get out of the ACC? 
they are built, and from the angle was you had your chance. Right? Like if you go back to the early 90s when all the conference realignment, the early 90s when the conference realignment was starting to happen and the SEC expanded and you know, FSU's name come up then, but FSU and you know, Bobby Bowden didn't even come out and say we didn't want to be in the SEC at that time. Uh, so, you know, and I think the, the wrestle back is, well, you had your chance, um, you know, so what? You know, you can stay in the ACC. You made your bed, now sleep in it. So I think that's kind of where – uh, the big angle comes from there, but certainly looks like Bill. You know they have maybe found an angle or found a found a way for them in the ACC to come to some type of agreement where uh, they may find their way into the SEC or the Big Ten. Tell everybody how they can get your content. Yeah, Bill. Everybody can get Gators Breakdown, GatorsBreakdown.com, your favorite podcast platform or YouTube. Uh, big episode tonight, Bill. We'll start taking a deep dive look into the uh, offensive side of the 2025 class. See you next week, sir. See you, Bill. There he is. Gator Dave. Gators breakdown. There is not a finer gentleman than that guy right there. And a hard worker, man. He works for the one of the local very popular TV affiliates down there. And has been with them for, heck, probably 15-plus years. And also has Gators breakdown that he's built into a brand, a a really good brand based on just hard grinding work. Yeah, he's 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 a dude that you should be very impressed with. Alright, we're clear. Y'all, we are clear to Lashpa. That'd be the top of that uh the end of that third hour is what Lashpa would be. We're we're a ways to go there, thank God. Lots of Hangout time, long form, extemporaneous, kind of like Mondays, Omni Nashville Hotel. Morning cleanup continues on this dump truck crash. It's going to be out here for a while. It's south of Nashville. Before you get into Brentwood on 65 southbound at OHB, it has been a mess down through that section of town uh, ever since that dump truck overturned a little bit earlier. Again, be aware of that. Huge delay down through south Nashville right now on 65 south trying to get down into Brentwood. It remains a little bit busy out here as they clean up an earlier wreck in Rutherford County on 24 east and westbound was affected there at Walden Road. That should start to improve here in a few minutes. Princess Hot Chicken hiring at all their locations. Order online today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper? 
and you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through Hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. Oh, beautiful gold rush with your sparkling top prize. You surely are a sight for sore eyes. And jackpot slots with your chance of $75,000 winners. Oh, how I'd take you for a candlelight dinner. Uh, sounds like people are really loving the new February Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Play today for your chance to win up to $5 million. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Patrick Mahomes, he's in the GOAT conversation with this win. I'm calling him Michael Jordan, essentially, because he's taking other people's rings. There's no shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes. He's that good. If you just got bested by Patrick Mahomes, you just got bested by Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes, GOAT-level kind of guy. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNF. King doesn't need a countdown clock because he already knows when football season starts. Bill King Show, brought to you by the palatial, lovely Omni Nashville Hotel. Jim. And Jupiter on the call text option line, which is 615-844-5600. Welcome in, sir. How you doing, my friend? Doing well, man. So I think there's two things going on with your show when it comes to FSU and the SEC and the ACC and what happened back then. I think there's two things going on. There's people like me that were old enough to remember what college football was like, and they either don't remember or they can't accept what football was back then or they're like gator dave that's too young to even know what it was like when i was growing up in south florida in and you know here nobody even thought about the sec now i know you guys did because that's where you lived and everything but what did the sec might have won one natty in in the 80s with georgia I'm not – maybe I missed another one. But, I mean, it wasn't what it is now. 92 you know, was the next the, one, Alabama. 80 to 92. Yeah. The independents actually ruled college football. Miami. Penn State won two in the 80s. Notre Dame. It was a different world. So, for Florida State back then to think that it was just some no-brainer to go to the SEC, it just wasn't that, you know. 
And I lived that. That was me growing up. I remember, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to stink because I love that independent schedule back then. We played everybody all over the freaking country, and it was awesome. And those were the first games that, that I got to go to. It was different. And also, people don't realize that Gene Corrigan, who happens to be the dad of Boo, who kind of helped uh, screw FSU in this playoff deal, Gene Corrigan was a very forward thinker. And he was very instrumental in getting FSU to the ACC, promising uh, that we were going to lead this conference, that we would be paid more than the SEC, which we were for many, many years. And you know what, Billy? Who was the team of the ninth? Who was the team of the ninth? The team that plays at Dope Campbell. The team that of the ninth, Florida State. So it worked yeah. out. It worked out till it didn't. Man, I don't know. In 1990, I liked a chubby girl with bad breath, but I don't like her now. You know? Right. So <laughs> times change. And unfortunately, the way the game is gone is that a program like Florida State cannot exist being $30 million down every year. So that's why FSC wants out. And for all these, you know, SEC rah-rah, you had your chance. Well, so what happened to you about the divorces? Jim, can you get closer to your your you're popping in and out. I don't know if it's your your headset or your phone or what, but we're you're popping out some. Did we lose him? Maybe we did. No, I, I caught almost all of it, Jim. The point you made there. Yeah. But, frankly, I don't think the SEC – is anybody in the SEC office now that happened to be around in 1990, 1991, when the flirtation occurred between the SEC and FSU? That was was Roy Kramer. And Roy was just in the infancy stages as the commissioner. But – and he was working on a couple things. Got to remember, Roy was working on expansion in '92 and, and flirting with Florida State. But he was also a couple of years later creating the blueprint for the BCS. That's Roy Kramer. Roy Kramer is the architect of that. And despite the criticism of the BCS. It was an absolutely brilliant idea. It was Jonas Salk discovering penicillin. What Roy Kramer did in creating the BCS. It took the popularity of the sport because of its imperfections and multiplied at times infinity, in essence. That's why the the mainstream media couldn't see that. I don't know if they're not smart enough. I, I don't know what it is, but they just couldn't see it. But I don't know. Is Mark Womack still in the SEC office? He was around then. He was around then. I don't know if he's still in the office or not. Maybe there's a couple, but I'm talking about prominent members. I don't think so. I don't think. Whatever happens to Florida State, 
regarding league affiliation for the future, it's not going to be about, well, you had your chance 35 years ago, tough bleep. That, that's not an item. That, that has nothing to do with today. The calculation today is, you want to go back to it again, everybody? Let's just go back to it. Additive or dilutive? That's the category. Unless you have a contract like the ACC where you're in big trouble if you lose more teams. So you bring in Stanford, you bring in Cal, and you bring in SMU. You did not do that because they're additive. You did that to protect the contract you've got with ESPN because they're going to start docking you money if you lose teams when you do lose teams. That was a preventative. You know what that is? You you folks that are in the stock market, you ever heard of hedging? Let's say you're long positions, but to protect yourself, you hedge the other way. What about embedding? Brad talks about hedging. That was a hedge by the ACC. That wasn't additive. You're not getting anything by Berkeley coming to your league. It was a hedge. You're getting nothing by adding those teams. Good morning. Cleanup continues on this dump truck crash here in Brentwood at 65 southbound. Just before that OHB exit, it's a nightmare right now in South Nashville on 65 going southbound. Uh, down here, trying to get past the uh, dump truck crash just before Old Hickory Boulevard. Still heavy on Vietnam Vets westbound at Conference Drive, trying to get on to 65 south. It remains heavy coming in from Murfreesboro, Rutherford County on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area. Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring in all their locations. Order online at princeshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. You enjoy the thrill of gambling, but what happens when it becomes a problem? Whether you want to cut back or quit gambling altogether, the Gambling Clinic has been helping people change their gambling for over two decades. We're here to help, not to judge. The Gambling Clinic is a Tennessee-based clinic offering in-person and telehealth support to help people win back their life. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. We all make resolutions this time of year, and let's face it, most of them won't stick. But here's one that's not only easy to keep, but will help you feel healthier all year long. Navage. Navage provides quick, drug-free nasal relief by washing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. This time of year, when everyone is sick, Navage helps by sucking out germs, bacteria, and viruses trapped in our noses that cause us to feel miserable. And come allergy season, it does the same with dust, pollen, and other allergens. And unlike medications that can take time to help, if they're effective at all, Navage helps treat congestion symptoms in seconds flat, without drugs. This New Year's resolve to use drug-free Navage to help you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier all year long. Ask for Navage at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, or find us online at Navage.com. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, 
I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5 and the Greg Bogan John Burton Show. And I'm former All-Pro linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, also known as Mr. Monday Night Keith Book. And I'm Patton Cook. We're inviting you to join us every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 for What's Good with KB and JB, the podcast show. All live on Nashville Sports Radio and all streaming platforms. We talk Titans. We talk SEC football. We talk NBA. We talk everything. And we also get a little petty from time to time. Make sure you join us. When it comes to the college football playoff, he's for exclusion, not inclusion. It's Bill King. I'd have to look at this article. But no, Kev, who is a uh, very, very long-standing member of this audience and uh, very well respected says bill here's an article and I, I can't i'll have to click it and peruse it but it says college football insider claims florida state and clemson to announce sec move before the end of the year as the big 10 targets north carolina and virginia again i would have to read this and then know who's the one speaking. Um, I would say my first hunch would be, and again, just a hunch. I'd have to peruse this. I'll try and look at it during the break. And there's no link here where I can click into it, so I'll have to, I have to search it. My hunch would be it's just some guy taking the wind direction and making a measurement out of it, not having any insight at all. Now, again, I don't know who's saying this, but I'd have to look at it. Claims, insider claims Florida State and Clemson to announce SEC move before end of the year. I would say... My hunch would be much skepticism. Not that that couldn't happen, perhaps. I'm not eliminating that. And by the end of the year, now that's 10 months. That's a decent little stretch of time. It's in the big picture, not. But could something happen in the next 10 months? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think so. I think so. But I'd have to say, at least initially, I would be a bit skeptical there. Baseball, you know what? Baseball, uh, back at it today with a bunch of games. Midweek games. Yeah, midweek games. And uh, I enjoy those. I'll have them on. And somebody remind me to go ahead and cancel Flow Sports. I got three games out of – actually, I got more than three games. Because I got to see Texas Tech, and uh, I got to see Oklahoma. 
I got to see Baylor. I believe Nebraska was in there, were they not? I, I think I saw Baylor or, or Nebraska. I did see Baylor play Tony Balls. So I got more than just the three games. I paid 30 bucks for uh, three days of – that's not – actually, that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. Now, there was a couple of folks. Kevin in Mule Town found a link where you could pay half that. I didn't see that. didn't really matter. But but So you could have done it much better than me. And then somebody else – I don't know if somebody was streaming on Facebook in the, in the stadium or what, but there was a link somewhere – to where you could see it for free. And I'm not sure what that was. No big deal. I mentioned Flow Sports was not nearly as bad as I anticipated it being. It was actually pretty decent. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It it was not bad. The broadcast was very solid. Yeah, very solid. Hour three coming up. And I do want to pull that article up and um, give it the quick speed read and see if I can glean anything out of it or not. Some Somebody's saying that by the end of the year, those two, Clemson, Florida State, will be announced to the SEC. I'd, li- I'd like to know who's throwing that out there. Who, who's, the du- who's dude throwing that out there? That's what I want to know. Craig in North Augusta, South Carolina, says, Bill Griff talking about solidifying the defensive line. They stole four of the D tackles that South Carolina wanted in the last recruiting class. How do you need more, Bill? Yeah, but I think the category Griff was referring to is, okay, they all look like potential prospects, Potential really good players, but is there a proven absolute war daddy beast defensive lineman returning at Georgia? Now, I will also say I'm not worried about Georgia. I don't worry about any position in Georgia, per se. It's Georgia. Nobody is assembling better talent and taking it and developing it better than Georgia. If I can give somebody the benefit of the doubt, it's going to be Georgia there. Nobody's doing that better. And I don't expect that to discontinue. I think that carries on. Nobody goes and gets them and then develops them and has them produce at a higher rate than the team in Athens, Georgia. That'd be Clark County, right? I'm not real worried about that part. And they they have plenty of dudes. Yeah, they have. They have plenty, plenty of dudes. Anyways. Oh, here's here's a good one. Bill, Council Bluffs, 2 o'clock today. Griff or Gator Dave? First of all, Gator Dave is a gentleman. He's not going somewhere to fight a dude. That ain't what he's about. Griff would probably do it. Griff would probably show up. 
Yeah, that was Noel Fan in the 863. Yeah, I just found it. He wanted me to ask Dave. I was not going to embarrass Dave like that. No. Now, Dave's a gentleman, man. All right, hour three coming up. Tuesday edition, Omni Nashville Hotel. <laughs> 